Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. 2020 has turned our normal lives upside down, in particular, the work of teachers. Teachers now work in empty classrooms or from home, teaching virtual lessons and creating content for online classrooms. And as the coronavirus turns parents into teachers, we thought it would be timely to have a chat with a school teacher of 10 years, Amanda Woodrow, who has taken it upon herself to create a free ebook to support parents of students who are trying to navigate education through such an unfamiliar time. Her aim is for students and parents to both feel safe and supported. Amanda's ebook highlights practical tips for creating a new normal learning approach for a home environment. Today we ask Amanda to share with us some of her skills so that we can apply some of these at home uh, and feel like we're doing our bit that little bit better. Hello Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be talking with you girls today. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Before we get started, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live? And sorry we're late. We were actually not intentionally wagging. We just had a bit on. Yeah, we were like, of course, we're late for the school teacher. (laughs) (laughs) And I have been sitting here for about the last 45 minutes just waiting, waiting, waiting. Waiting. We weren't that late. We were waiting to get attention. I am. Way too early for my own good, but um, organisation is key, as I will talk about today. (laughs) Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, so my name's Amanda and I am a wife to Eddie and mum to almost two-year-old Winnie. I'm a primary school teacher in northern New South Wales and I also run a platform called The Mindful Mentor um, and I'm kind of coming to you today from that platform which promotes well-being and mindset coupled with my experiences as a teacher. So to try and help your listeners navigate learning from home. Brilliant. Absolutely. We thought it was timely as many parents have unexpectedly found themselves being teachers and, you know, there are parents that choose to homeschool but there are also, you know, the majority of parents that choose to send their kids to school for whatever reason and all of a sudden that's been turned on its head and their teachers, parents working all of the above at the moment. So we thought we would love to get some tips and tricks from someone who does it day in, day out about how we can all kind of navigate this time. And can I just say that if there was ever something to come good out of this whole pandemic, pandemic, it is the appreciation of our teachers because my goodness, we, I personally have been like, how do they do it? I can't even do it with my own two children or three children, forget how many I have. And you guys do this with multiple children every day. So kudos to you guys. Thank you. I, I think, yeah, as you said, something that has come from this now, people are um, more more aware of the complexities of the job of a teacher and, you know, the challenges that we face 
day in, day out. It, it's it's a job that's always changing. And I, I do want to acknowledge all of my colleagues around the world because, you know, teaching is such an interactive and hands-on job. And at the moment, we're really missing that face-to-face time with our students and our parents. So, you know, I know the teachers are doing it really tough at the moment. They're also working really, really hard to draw, try and provide an educational experience for students who are learning from home at the moment. So I just want to acknowledge the hard work that teachers are doing at yeah, the moment. Us too. And you've you've created an ebook for us plebby homeschooling teachers <laughs> to try and give us a few tips on how we can get through this time. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're you're doing and what you're about to launch? Yeah, sure. So a little while ago, it was probably a few weeks back now when um, parents started keeping their kids at home. A colleague of mine shared a Facebook post basically saying, look, if you have any questions or um, need some resources while you're navigating this learning from home experience, please reach out. So it was just a simple copy and share post, which I did on Facebook. And I was inundated with messages from family, friends, parents who who just wanted support and tips and advice on, on how to facilitate learning from home. So after getting back to all these people individually and then, you know, listening to your po- podcast a few weeks ago with Sophie Bell and, you know, the things that we're seeing and hearing on the news, it's just so obvious that, parents are really, really struggling Mm. with how to engage their kids and keep them motivated and on task while they're learning from home. So I just thought if I could try and consolidate, you know, I can't teach parents how to teach concepts. It's, It's That's too big of a task. But if I can try and consolidate the things that I consider when um, creating a classroom, say at the beginning of a school year, and condense that into something that's really manageable and bite-sized and get that out to parents, it might help just to establish some fundamental basics of things to consider when setting up um, a learning experience from home. And I will also say that Learning from home is really different to homeschooling. So homeschooling is a choice and it's often led by a parent who is solely responsible for teaching. At the moment, we've got children who are learning from home, but their content is still being provided from schools. Right. I think that's a really great way to divide the two. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what's happening is there's there's stress and this fracture being caused because parents are feeling that they need to fill this role of a teacher, but really the teachers are still there and they're still wanting to support with and work with the, the kids. If the parent can kind of adjust their way of thinking to consider themselves as more of a facilitator and then take the information that, you know, myself and many other people out there are trying to provide it might help to make things a little bit clearer 
That's so, yeah, that's, that's Spot on. so true. And I think because we are classing this as homeschooling and we keep on going, oh, we're homeschooling our children. You're right. We're not homeschooling our children. We don't have any area. We're like we haven't educated ourselves in this. We, it's like saying to me, Hey, or Sophie going, Hey, can you go to hospital and just be a doctor for a day? I wouldn't know the first thing about how to be a doctor for a day. And with, with teaching at home and all of a sudden knowing how to teach, you're not, we're, we're literally just the 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 middlemen for the teachers and the students to come together and be able to continue what they're doing and what they're learning yeah absolutely and I think if parents can think of themselves more as a facilitator rather than a teacher it might help to take the stress or the pressure Um, or the anxiety away from this experience. So what are some tips that you have on creating this this environment at home? Yeah, so in the ebook, I kind of talk about a few things that are fundamental. Um, the first thing is the learning environment. So the learning environment is really important because for a child when they're at school, they have a classroom that is safe, it is supportive, um, it, it promotes learning. So when you are at home, you also need to establish a learning environment. Not that it necessarily mimics a classroom, but that there are similarities. So I would suggest working with your child and maybe negotiating what would that learning space look like? So are they going to be working from a desk? Do they need flexible seating so they can move around? Um, do they want to set up a special reading nook under a tree outside? Maybe you'll turn your garage into an art studio or, you know, your laundry could become this, the science lab. It is a kind science lab make, already. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. When you kind of involve your children in creating that learning environment, it gives them a bit of ownership over their learning and also um, encourages engagement. So giving them a little bit of a say in what they want. So I would also encourage, and I know it's easy for us on the North Coast because we've got such beautiful climate, but outdoor learning is is such a wonderful way to spend your time. Nature can be used as a really great stimulus for writing, just having fresh air and sunshine on our on our skin and in our bodies. It's can be so beneficial. I would also talk about equipment. So if you're using technology, have it charged up and ready to go the night before. If you are logging into programs, have the login details and the passwords written down next to next to the computer even practice logging in the day before because that'll eliminate any stress Mm. when you go to log on and all of a sudden the password doesn't work and then you're late to join the class or you know just being organized and kind of trying to be one or two steps ahead can just help to alleviate any dramas that will pop up (laughs) throughout the day and as teachers I think that that's what we're really good at we're good at juggling and managing all these random things that can occur during the school day Um, but you do what you can to eliminate potential issues that may arise the second thing that I think is really important when you're um, setting up your learning environment is you need to establish some routines that are going to work with your family structure. So I know a lot of parents at the moment, they are 
working from home as well as having students who are learning from home mm-hmm. and that can be very, very difficult to manage. So you need to come up with a routine that is going to work for your family. The other thing I want to say is that seven hours of school does not equate to seven hours of learning. Yeah, I was going to so ask that. So you should not expect your child or children to be learning from home for seven hours a day. Mm. You know, it's manageable chunks. If you aimed for two to three hours, that's a really good achievement yeah. in one day, obviously depending on the age. Um, so, for example, when you're at school, there are, there's an abundance of extracurricular activities, disruptions, assemblies, lunch times, recess. So by the time you take all of those things out of the day, you're not left with seven hours of learning. Mm. So be realistic with the, the time you want to spend on learning at home. And I guess on top of that, um, you're also spread across so many more students in a normal day, um, whereas often at home it might be, you know, one-to-one or one-to-two or one-to-three. So obviously, you know, but that's perhaps, different too. Perhaps the learning methods exactly. now at home are not um, specifically book-related. It's gardening, which we're finding, or painting, or it's learning how to unpack a dishwasher and help, you know, the family. And these are new learning strategies we're all learning to implement. Life skills. Yeah. And what a brilliant opportunity. See, this is such a good time to be teaching our skill, our children life skills. So I had a parent email me the other week and they said, oh, look, we haven't had time to do the activities that you sent out, but my child has been building a vegetable garden and mm-hmm. doing these science experiments and she's really involved in her favourite book at the moment. That is perfect that she's engaged she's learning she's she's having fun and and that is what that is what we want we don't want children to switch off from learning because at the end of the day they will come back to school and we want them to still be engaged and and ready to continue with their education at school but this is just such a good opportunity to be teaching our kids you know, all these important life skills, Jade, that you just said, um, unstacking the dishwasher, cooking a meal for the family, teaching them how to be resilient in the face of a crisis. Mm. In, you know, so Can I teach them what taxes are? Had- I wish I learnt that at school. There needs exactly. to be a life a life subject, honestly, mm. on just basic life skills. We have a cooking one in high school, but there needs to be so much more than that. And this is a really good opportunity for parents to take on that responsibility responsibility now at home, you know. And I, I think although this is a very unusual and, and stressful situation for a lot of families, we're also being given this amazing opportunity to take learning into our own hands and to make it suit your family. Do you think that even though we should be encouraging, you know, getting out, gardening, teaching life skills, that if your child is of school age, you should have some part of the day where they sit down and have to kind of concentrate on a task sitting so that they don't get, so that, you know, when school does come around again, they're not completely out of that habit? Yeah, I think it's important to remember also that a lot of children have only been out of school for, say, two to three weeks 
I know mm. some students who take a whole term to go to Europe. Yeah. Or they or they might spend, you know, six weeks Christmas holidays. in New Zealand over summer. So I think we need to also think about this in context. Children haven't so far missed a, a huge chunk of school. This may go on until the end of term two. We don't know yet. So obviously it would be different in that scenario. But I do think, so going back to your original question, it is important to maintain those basic fundamental skills, reading, writing, maths. And what children will probably find now as term two kicks off is that the online learning platform is going to be ramped up. So I can speak for students in my class that there is an expectation that they will be logging on and engaging with the content and the teacher daily. And what age is that going to be? You know, I find that probably in high school and and towards the end of primary school, that's going to be quite tense. But for like, say, kindergarten to one, two and three, is it going to be as intense as that or? No, so it's all age appropriate. So depending on the age of the child will depend on the expectations. So, for example, a kindergarten student, they might just be required to sit down and read some of their home readers and practice their sight words, practice their counting, Um, whereas a student of mine in, say, years five or six, they would be expected to go on and participate in and complete certain tasks throughout the day, writing, maths, science, geography, history, art, etc. So it does depend on the age of the child. And at the same time too, we have provided a full day's worth of content. So it is then up to the parent to manage or decide how much of that content their child is going to sit down and complete. But there is the expectation that they are involved and participating to the best of their ability. And I think that phrase, to the best of their ability, is really crucial because what one student can complete in an hour it could take another student a whole day. Mm. So we have to have realistic expectations and just work towards achieving the personal best of that child. And I think that also that parents don't know really where their children are at. The teachers do because they teach them every day. So, yeah, it's interesting to see that you're you're understanding all these children have so many different levels of understanding and education. Yeah, and that's just another example of the complexity of the job of a teacher is we do have to have an understanding of the levels that our students are working at but also their learning styles. So this is something I talk about in the book as well. If you as a parent can understand how your child learns, then you will be more able to support them through their learning mm. from home experience. So, for example, some some children, they might be visual learners, so they might need to see things um, for their learning to really make a strong connection. You've got auditory learners. They prefer to listen, so they might be really good at listening to instructions or listening to a podcast or an audio book. Um, they might really like having music playing in the background whilst they're trying to do their schoolwork. Or on the flip side to that, they could be very sensitive to noise 
and prefer silence altogether. So then you've got your kinesthetic learners and they need to learn by doing and touching. So so they want to build things. They want to be manipulating things with their hands. They might be the person that is tapping their pen all day long because they like that tactile stimulation. So as a parent, if you can get a bit of an understanding as to what style um, of learner your child is, then that will also help you to support them when they're learning from home. Great advice. And I know that Jade has said in the past that her the two girls of hers that go to school are quite different in the speed at which they finish like school tasks. What kind of tips do you have for parents that, you know, one of them's speeding through their work and you can't keep up with them and then the other child may not be able to keep up? When you've got children learning from home who, you know, learn at different rates, I think one of the first things you need to consider is you don't want one of the children to feel left behind. So it's really important to have things for, say, the fast finisher to move on to that the other child is not going to feel like they're missing out on. Um, I would also say keep in close contact with your teacher because they might have additional um, learning experiences or resources or things that can support both children so that that when they are learning, they're feeling as if both of their needs are being catered for. The other thing I would suggest is that if you can, you could have one student learning independently while you're working one-on-one one child and then you can flip it around so that you're then working with the other child and that the other person can work independent independently or um go and do something in their bedroom so that that way no one feels as if they're missing out and that we're catering to as many different learning needs and styles as possible but that is a very tricky situation and i think it's probably one of the most common um concerns for parents when learning from home at the moment. Well, listening to you say that, that makes me feel so much better because I was trying to juggle a kindy and a grade one child and teach them at the same time. And I think um, moving forward, I will have time for teaching one child while the other one colours in or does something else and then focus my time on the other one so it's not all at once and it's not as intense. I guess it's not a competition. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's exactly what teachers do in classrooms every day. You know, they will have a small group or one or be working one on one with a few with one child whilst the others are off doing an independent activity. So that way, once again, it's all about meeting the needs of the learners. So yeah, it's just about structuring, being organized and, and facilitating your day in a way that's going to cater for everyone as best as you possibly can. And similarly, another issue that I've heard a lot of my friends talk about who are going through this is how to facilitate your child's learning while you have a toddler or a baby in the house. Any tips on that? Yeah, so this, again, is a tricky one and I think this comes back to where I talk about in the e-book establishing routines that work for you and your family. So, for example, if you're a household full of early risers and you're all up at 5am, you know, starting the school day at 7am may be a practical solution for you, whereas a family that might not get out of bed until 7, 8 in the morning, they're not going to want to start their school day until 9, 10 o'clock. 
So I think creating routines that work for your family and also being flexible. So some days the routines and the learning activities, they're going to work really well. Others, other days it won't and that's that's what we face as teachers every day mm. there's, there's always interruptions there's always things that go go wrong but it's about being flexible and adaptable and you also need to focus on the small wins or the positives not just the negatives mm-hmm. and taking that time to reflect so at the end of every day it's you know Talk to your child. Talk about what worked well. Talk about what didn't work well. You know, what challenged them or what did they find easy or what would they like to do again or see more of in their, their learning from home. So when you have that time to and that dialogue to reflect, then you can refine what you're doing and it, it will get easier and it will get better as time goes on. Mm. And acceptance is a big part of this whole thing as well, isn't it? Because I think as a parent, if we can accept that these are our current circumstances and they're not going to change anytime soon, then we can actually go, all right, let's proceed. Let's actually do this properly. We're not like, oh, come on, let's hurry up. Surely school's going to go back next week. Well, we don't know. So we have to accept that this is our new normal for a while. Yeah, that's really true, Jade. And I think we need to also remember that we're modelling um, the behaviours that we want our children to to show us. So, you know, if, if we're engaged and we're showing enthusiasm and we have an open mindset and and you know we're we're trying to have fun given the circumstances, then that will really rub off onto our children and and hopefully um, encourage them to be engaged and, and motivated with their learning as well. Mm. What are some ways that we can get our children to actually listen to us while we're facilitating <laughs> this learning? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one because I'm hearing a lot at the moment that parents are struggling with certain behaviours and the reason is because the school environment is very different to the home environment. So the home environment, it's comfortable, it's informal, it's it's where children can really come out and, and, and be 100% authentic and who they mm. are. <laughs> Whereas when they're at school, you know, they, they are told to conform and there are expectations and they, they know where they sit, you know, in the school community. Um, so I would suggest to parents that, and this is why in the book I talk about establishing routines and setting up the learning environment, is when you do those things that kind of mimic what they have at school, it formalises the learning. So it, the child can see a clear transition between home time and learning time. Um, and, and doing things like maybe getting dressed and putting on their school uniform in the morning or, or having a timetable printed and on the fridge so that they can see when the day starts, turning the TV off before they start learning yeah. or maybe they all listen to a special song and, you know, that signifies the start of the, the learning school day. bell. <laughs> the, exactly. that. Those kinds of things help. We've got to remember we're dealing with children here, so yeah. you, you can't just plonk them at a desk and expect them to learn. Teaching is all about 
performing. And where is detention? (laughs) Like that's what we all really want to know. Where do we put detention? So going back to that podcast episode, the <laughs> parenting expert, we know that the naughty corner is is frowned upon in this day and age. Damn it! So um, do they not do detention at school anymore? Well, it's not called detention. It's called the belt. And I guess it's every back. school is different, but no, there are consequences and yeah. there are processes involved for certain behaviours. But the research and the psychology, the has changed a lot over time so it's not so much about detention anymore it's more about reflection and expectations yeah hmm. there you go jane there's no detention. i'll take it on board <laughs> i'll take it on board maybe <laughs> but i'll still use the naughty corner <laughs> yeah, yeah i think too if, if you are going to have um consequences they do need to be age appropriate of course so yeah, so age-appropriate consequences and also having that communication with your teacher. So if you've got a child who's refusing to do the prescribed work and that's what we're talking about, it's the work that their teacher is prescribing so they really do need to be having a go, then I would be talking to the classroom teacher straight away and, and finding out what they suggest you do mm. in moving forward. Often that conversation can be enough Scare the child. the child to, yeah, basically, yeah, <laughs> get them into gear. And and as a teacher, I use the same strategy at school. You know, oh, I wonder what will happen if I phone your mum this mm. afternoon and tell her about what happened. Yeah, you know, it, it's that the communication and children often in their heads think that school and home are two totally different and unrelated places. Yeah. Where if the parents and the teachers can work together to bridge that gap and have open communication, then the the benefits to the child and the children will be plentiful. And I like that we can be the middleman and we're not the bad guy in this situation. So as a parent, I can say, hey, I'm not telling you to do this work. I've been told by your teacher that you actually have to finish this because it needs to be submitted. So I'm just doing what the teacher is telling me to tell you to do. Absolutely. Blame the teacher. Blame the, teacher the teacher is telling me to so knock off and have a drink at 3.30 and I've got to yeah. go do it. And if that doesn't work, it's Santa telling you to do it. Absolutely. And if you don't All do it, Easter Santa's bunny. not coming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, whatever holiday is coming. There's yeah. always someone else you know, to blame. You've just got to do what, what you've got, got to, to do. do. And I think... You know, just doing your best, and if you can try and do it with a smile, that will that may also help, and maybe a glass of wine. Yeah, for sure. After twelve oh one, and I just want to be clear of for course. everyone: I tend to literally make a lot of alcoholic jokes. I I'm not an alcoholic, and I don't advise to become one. <laughs> but you know, there are times that uh, a drink or two or ten actually do help <laughs> this this current climate. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all about um, supporting well-being and if that's what makes you happy, then go for it. That's it. What are the consequences if our children fall behind? I mean, I know Billy's in kindy and she's only actually been at school for a few few weeks to months. So, like, will they have to repeat next year or what's going to happen? 
Yeah, look, we really are empathetic towards our kindergarten students at the moment and their families because they have spent so much time getting um, prepared and organised to make their big debut at school (laughs) and now all of a sudden um, everything's changed. So we really do feel for those guys. But I would really urge parents not not to worry too much at this point in time. I mean, as I've said earlier, Some kids have only been away from school for two or three weeks, okay? So in the scheme of one's school life, that's not a big chunk of time and it can easily be made up. We don't know what's going to happen in term two, so I can't speak to the future, but from what we have dealt with so far, I would not be worried at all about having to have your child repeat. Um, It's just all about trying to maintain as much of a routine and keep things as normal and close to school and learning as what you possibly can. So please don't don't worry about um, your children falling behind or if you are worried, then speak to your classroom teacher because they are the ones who are going to be able to give you individual mm. support in, because let's face it, it, some kids do need that everyday repetition. Otherwise, they do forget easily. Mm. So I'm not, I'm not suggesting that kids won't go backwards. But you know, the majority of kids will go back to school, pick up where they left off, and then keep moving forward. But if you are concerned about your child, then definitely reach out to your child's teacher, the school, and they will be able to come up with ways to support you through this time. Yeah, that's some great advice. And do you think if it is an entire term that kids do end up having away from school and learning from home, do there will be things implemented when they go back to school that kind of help bring people closer together or do you think school will look quite different on the other side? It's really hard to say. I mean, in my head, I I envisage school going back to the way it was, but we are every day hearing people say that the world's not going to be the same. Things won't go back to the way they were. So for me personally, it's hard to imagine yeah. what that might look like. But I know in my planning, you know, I'm I'm planning for a term of online learning and then beyond that, I don't know. I know that the job of a teacher is hands-on and face-to-face. So I don't know how this model or style of learning from home can continue in the long term. Mm. I just don't know, and I don't know if anyone knows, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, and I guess that's the same as so much right now. It's changing day to day, week to week, so we've all just got to go with what the current recommendations are mm. and and be adaptable. Does your e-book, Absolutely. Does your e-book cost money? No, so it's free. So I just wanted to create a resource that people – anywhere around the world can download it, maybe get, even if they just get one or two pieces of valuable information written from a teacher. See, a lot of the times you'll find that um, resources are written by academics Mm. or um, people who work in government bodies and agencies. So I wanted to create something that was written by a teacher for parents who are going through learning from home. So it's, it's about 
20, 21 pages. It's easy to digest and it just covers a few of those main topics like establishing routines, learning from home, learning styles, and it also talks about well-being. And I think that is actually something that underpins this whole learning from home situation is that if a child is not safe and happy and that their well-being is not being supported, they will not learn. Yep. So we could sit here and talk all day about strategies and skills and, you know, all of those fancy things, but if a child is anxious or unhappy or stressed or some elements of their well-being are not being met, learning will not flourish. It won't happen. And I say that to my students in the classroom the very first day they walk in at the beginning of a new school year is that their happiness is my priority and I will um, work on achieving happiness and well-being first, then we'll get into the learning. And I think that is very, very important for parents to mm, yeah, um, so remember almost at home. If a parent can get their child through this time, yeah, with the child not being stressed, anxious about the crisis that's happening, that's the win. And then anything they learn on top of that, whether that be life skills, you know, mm. actual curriculum is then a bonus. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the curriculum is there, you know, it's not going away. So we don't want to avoid it. But we do need to make sure that we're addressing everything in um, in a holistic sense, yeah. I suppose. And just to reiterate that we aren't trying to homeschool, we are just learning from home and we are the middle stepping stones to make our children continue the, the education process for now. Absolutely. And as... As a parent, you should be thinking of yourself as a facilitator, not a teacher. You know, teachers are still working. They're still creating content, organising lessons. Um, so, you know, you don't need to think of yourself as a teacher. You're just there to try and support your child as best as you possibly can through this experience. And we will get out the other side if, you know, we will get through it together. So it's really important to, to stay connected as well. Amazing. Well, I think it's really important that we have people like you who can use this time for a positive way to help everyone mm. <laughs> parenting and, and trying to teach our children. So thank you so much for allowing us to listen to everything you have to say today. So we will put a link in our show notes for the ebook for anyone that wants to know more about this discussion today. And we will also put it on our Instagram. Awesome, ladies. I'd appreciate that. And at the end of the day, you know, we're all in this together. So if, you know, I, I can just share one or two things that is helpful to one family, then I think that my work here is done. Yeah, so girl. Good. Well, happy facilitating, <laughs> everybody. And, Amanda, I'm sure you cannot wait to have those gorgeous faces of all those kids back in your classroom face-to-face -face soon. Absolutely. Thanks, girls. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.